0: Fortunately, people are realizing that it's much more complicated than that, that it's like you said, that it's the cortisol levels. There's also other systemic issues that we have to consider, such as, you know, being in food deserts and mm-hmm. our food swamps um, and, and things like that.
1: and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Javasia Harris-Bowser is an award-winning freelance journalist and the founder of C. Jane Wright, which a friend of hers once called the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pens. C. Jane Wright is a website and community for women who write and blog that Javasia founded in 2011 in her hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. Today, C. Jane Wright serves and brings together women from across the country and around the world. Javasia believes we can all ride our way to the life of our dreams, a message she often conveys to the women of C. Jane Wright. When she was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2020, she learned how to write her way through her worst nightmare. Devasia was included in Southern Living Magazine's list of innovators changing the South, alongside household names like Dolly Parton and Reese Witherspoon, and is the recipient of the 2022 Alabama Council on the Arts Fellowship. With a focus on women's lifestyle, wealth, and wellness, Javasia has written for several local, regional, and national media outlets, including USA Today, Business Insider, HerMoney.com, Good Grit Magazine, and The Birmingham Times. Welcome, welcome back to Diversity Dish. I'm so excited you decided to come back. My guest today is Javasia Harris-Bowser, and she is a writer, and she's also a sister breast cancer survivor. Hey, Javasia, how are you?
0: Hello, I am well. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, I am thrilled that you said yes, and that you are here. I know that we're going to have a good conversation. But before we get into all of that, my question to you is what are you passionate about right now?
0: That is It's a great question. It's a question I love to answer. It's a question I love to ask other people. And really my answer is almost always the same. And I am passionate about sharing women's stories and helping women share their stories. That is why I live and breathe. (laughs) It's why I'm a writer it's why I have a community for women writers. It's why I do uh, coaching for women writers. I'm just all about elevating the voices of women.
1: I love it. I love it. So where did this come from? Like, Where, where, where can you initially say that this passion was ignited within you?
0: Honestly, my love for writing, I can trace back to childhood, which I think is common for most writers. My mom jokes about how I was writing as soon as I could sit up straight. (laughs) So I've always loved writing. But then as I got older, I think I was maybe in high school when I first started thinking about wanting to just elevate the voices of other girls because I was a girl at the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, you know really it was about representation so I loved reading magazines when I was a teenager but I never saw girls who looked like me in Mm. magazines that Mm -hmm. I read And and so when I was 15, I was like, I'm gonna start a magazine. (laughs) Yes. I wanted to start a magazine for brown girls so that we could see ourselves in a magazine, and that's actually how I decided to pursue a career in journalism. So really, it was diversity and inclusion before that was a buzz term. Right. That's really what was driving me to be in journalism, and so. That I would say is kind of the start of it, and then just as I got older, I just started to realize how empowered I felt when I shared my story. And so I wanted to help other women share their stories too because I wanted them to feel empowered as
1: well. I love it, I do, I love it, I love it, and you're so right because if it wasn't in what was it, ebony jet or essence we didn't see black women black black voice we didn't hear black voices in the mainstream media as if we didn't really have anything to say right and i think that it's so important to be able to tell our own stories Uh, i love what you're doing because i think you know part of that is how i got to where i am Mm because i wanted to elevate more people's stories. When I finally discovered what my story was and that I needed to share it, I wanted to do the same for other people. So I think that that's so awesome. And so in this writing, I know that you write for a number of publications. What are some of the topics that you write about, you know, beyond your story?
0: So I um, recently have started calling myself a women's wealth and wellness writer (laughs) because okay I I do a lot of personal finance writing for a site called hermoney.com which Mm -hmm. is which was started by Jean Chatsky and um but I also do a lot of health related writing probably the bulk of the writing that I do so that's why I call myself a women's wealth and wellness writer so a lot of health related content a lot of personal finance but in addition to that I also do a lot of profiles of
1: women as well. Okay and so where why did you choose wealth and health? (laughs) So
0: um, the wealth part actually I kind of just fell into that that's been super recent development, Um, because that's not a topic that I really ever wrote about in the past, but I got this opportunity to start writing for hermoney.com, and I really loved it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I said, hey, I like this, (laughs) so I've kind of, you know, just kind of leaned into that. The um, health part, that has been an interest of mine since college when I was in college, I, it started out with just being an aerobics instructor. (laughs) So I was an aerobics instructor when I was in college. Oh, wow. That's cool. um, Yeah. And I just did it for fun because I loved exercise since I was a little girl. Like I was the little girl who would get up in the mornings and turn on these exercise shows on TV (laughs)
1: oh my goodness for <laughs> real These
0: exercise and my parents are like what are you doing <laughs> because I was like 10 11 years old and yeah. I'm like you're like doing a- aerobics and all this wow
1: stuff. <laughs> like, what are you doing <laughs> so, wow girl you are better than me because I'll be like get up for what are you kidding I oh my goodness love to exercise and you know you know the reason that I that I chopped off all my hair was because I didn't want to get up in the morning and and and, and curl it <laughs> that's who you're talking to continue <laughs> no, I just always
0: loved exercise and so when I was in college there I saw in our school newspaper that our rec center was doing auditions for fitness instructors and okay. I was like here's my chance chance!" <laughs> I tried out, and I got it, and I taught aerobics all through college, and, and I loved uh, it, but that really sparked an interest in health in general, and yeah. so I did some research um, in the area of, I, I got an opportunity to kind of mesh my interests of health and journalism by doing a research project on the, um, the health content that's in publications targeted toward Black women and uh, and then more mainstream publications and the disparities between the health content in those publications. So um, oh, so wow. yeah, that's kind of what sparked the interest in health writing. And then um, I really didn't even realize that I was doing so much health writing until last year, actually. I <laughs> What happened is I sent my resume and some clips or writing samples to uh, an editor at a publication that I wanted to start writing for, and when she looked over my stuff, she said, oh, so you're a health writer, and I was like, sure, (laughs) 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 okay, I take it, (laughs) and so that's when I realized, like, oh, I really do a lot of health writing, so. (laughs)
1: Yeah, whatever develops Uh, that's really interesting i want to i want to kind of circle back just a little bit if you remember at all what were some of the disparities that you noticed when you were doing that kind of research between the health writing for black women versus white women hey thanks for listening my name is cedrola maruska and i help entrepreneurs and small businesses go from mediocre to magnificent by transforming their cultures to be more equitable and inclusive to find out how we can work together go to diversitydish.com where you'll find my consulting coaching and speaker information diversitydish.com I look forward to working with you. Or-
0: One of the main things that I noticed was the um, the food that was, like the recipes and things like that that were in the magazines for, that were targeted to Black women. They were very high in fat content and not the healthy fat and um, high in calories. And it was just... The the recipes just weren't as healthy as they should have been. So that was that's one of the main things I remember. That was also like 20 years ago. Many so.
1: years ago. <laughs> right. Many, many moons. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that, you know, That's, that's I wonder, one thing I remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, you when you talk about about recipes, you know, in general, um, I wonder if it's because the people who were submitting were black and you know so they had a certain way of cooking mm-hmm. already and so they were kind of submitting those recipes and then you know the others were submitting other types of recipes is that possible
0: maybe I mean the issue was that the because you know it's one thing if it's just a recipe that's like oh here's a good meal for Thanksgiving or whatever
1: right right it's
0: Not you know nobody's about calories on Thanksgiving. Right, right. But um, the recipes, I do remember that the recipes that I looked at for this particular research project were specifically recipes that were promoted as being healthy choices.
1: Oh, I see. So,
0: so that was the issue, you know. Okay.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I could see that. And then, of course, we know that there's you know, there's high blood pressure, there's right. diabetes, there's heart disease, there's cancer, and all these things um, can be pretty prevalent in the in the black community. And I have, I have ideas about that, but <laughs> that I've talked about before. In that the cortisol, the level of cortisol within our systems is probably higher because of the stress that we yeah, we exactly. internalize on a daily basis, exactly. which causes a lot of these issues
0: right Mike fortunately I feel like more people are bringing attention to that now but you know 20 years ago nobody was talking about that so okay. everybody was just looking at like oh it's the food that you eat that's what's causing it and um, right. you know, that's what everybody told us and that's what we believed but now fortunately people are realizing that it's much more complicated than that that it's like you said, that it's the cortisol levels. There's also other systemic issues that we have to consider, such as, you know, being in food deserts and Mm -hmm. our food swamps um, and and things like that. So,
1: Right, exactly. And can you, if you don't mind, just so people know, what is a food desert? I mean, I know, I just want you to to share a food desert and a, a food swamp.
0: Right. So a food desert would be a place where you, if you live in an area where it is um, very, very difficult for you to have access to fresh fruits and vegetables and things like that, just fresh whole foods. And a food swamp is when you are not only can you not access those things, but you were surrounded by fast food and things like that. So.
1: Right. So it's, So the foods that are around you and that you can access are the not just the fast foods, but the the easy and low calorie, no, no uh, whole foods type deals. So you've got the you've got stores, but they're smaller stores. And so they can only carry, let's say they can carry maybe some milk, but they carry sodas and they carry chips and they carry uh, real processed, a lot of processed foods because they are packaged and it's easier to keep them than it mm-hmm. is to keep fresh fresh foods so yeah mm-hmm. and it's a very real thing because that is predominant in neighborhoods that are full of marginalized people mm-hmm. right and and the idea then the thought and sometimes people don't realize that because they've never experienced it they don't experience that so it's like oh well everybody has a supermarket right right close by some people have to take like two buses to get to a supermarket and then they can only carry so much so they can only take you know a few things so that they can go back on the bus and get back home with what they have not everybody has a car (laughs) right exactly so there are a lot of things that we we take for granted Mm -hmm. if we if it's if it's just something that's always been there and it has so we don't see the other perspective and we go by just the one perspective that we have Mm -hmm. right so let's get back to your writing and what you do with your so you told us that you're a wealth and health writer (laughs) but you also have a c jane Wright Mm -hmm. website and uh, membership can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that because i think i find it is so interesting
0: yeah, so CJ and Write is something that I started 10 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. And I didn't start it to be a business, it has grown into a business, but really, I just wanted to hang out with other women writers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just wanted to hang out with other women writers. But, and so I started hosting these events here in Birmingham, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they just kept getting more and more popular and they kept growing and growing. And I wasn't charging for these events. I was paying for everything out of pocket. Mm. And my very frugal husband was like, mm, this is a <laughs> very expensive hobby. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, can you figure out a way to at least break even? So, um, So I started charging for the events and then I eventually started a membership program too, because women were asking me to, you know, I was in this great position where people were asking me to take their money. (laughs) Please, (laughs) please. Yeah. They were like, this is so great what you're doing. And we feel like we should be paying you for it. So do you have a membership program? And I was like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I started a little membership program. I also um, started to get a lot of attention around town because of CJ and Wright, and so people were inviting me to um, do presentations on blogging and building writing communities and on freelancing and all of this stuff, and so I was doing these presentations, but then people also wanted one-on-one help, and so I was you know, driving around town, helping people one on one, again not charging. And so <laughs> I met with a business coach who was like, "You do realize that what you're doing is called consulting, and people get paid for it." And I was like, "What? That's a thing." <laughs> <laughs> so really? I started for that. <laughs> um, and so it just grew and grew and and then people outside of Birmingham and outside of Alabama. And uh, we even have some members outside of the United States, so all wow. of these people are starting to learn about it. And so we started doing a lot of virtual events, and this was before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But obviously, those virtual events really came in handy last year when everything oh, yeah. was virtual. So, so yeah, it's just it's a community for women writers. We welcome all types of writers. So we have fiction writers, nonfiction writers, we have poets. So yeah, we have bloggers. And it's just a community for women who write and it's, it's a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) It sounds like a lot of fun. What's, what are some of the main things that you see that people struggle with when it comes to their writing?
0: Oh, that's a great question. And the number one thing, the number one thing (laughs) is (laughs) time. They just feel like, oh, I don't have time to write because these are women who most of them, there's some who do write full time like I do, but most of them don't write full time. Um, it's a, a passion of theirs that they've always, you know, something they've always wanted to pursue. And but the number one thing I hear is, I just don't have the time. I can't make the time. I can't make the time. That's the number one thing I hear. And then a close second would be a lack of confidence. That imposter syndrome is real and it holds back so many women. Mm. So those are the main two things.
1: Okay. So how do you overcome those types of objections? Like, you know, how do you overcome those when someone says, I don't have time?
0: (laughs) Right. I think that's why community is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I started CJ right? because I feel like your community can help you with both of those. So one of the things that we do is once a week, we hop on a zoom call together and we just write. And so people who are, I just ask them just commit to that. So even if you don't get any other writing done the whole week, just commit to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so you have this group of people kind of holding you accountable to at least do this to mm-hmm. this one thing also I think and I've heard this from a lot of members you kind of when you see other people doing things it makes you get over your own excuses <laughs> because you know the whole I'm too busy and I tell them this just very frankly I say that's not an excuse because everybody's busy Like, you're not special because you're busy. busy. (laughs) Everybody is busy. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, granted, like, I'm not insensitive if someone has a very, um, you know, if someone has a life-changing situation going on. Yes, right like if you have a new baby or you have a sick parent that you're taking care of, like those are special circumstances, mm-hmm. but if you're just like, Oh, I'm busy. Cause I gotta go to work. Like what? No. <laughs> <laughs> that does not make you special. Everybody. <laughs> and so I think when they see other women in the community who are mm-hmm. just as busy as they are, mm-hmm. and they are out here writing books and, um, or writing for publications, then that kind of makes them think, hmm, okay, maybe I can't do that. <laughs> right, right. right. So, so yeah, I think community is a huge part of that. And community also helps with the confidence piece as well. Okay. Because your community, they can be your cheerleaders. They also can help you with things that you don't know. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I offer in the membership is I have this resource library that's just full of all of this information and so you know they have access to that but then we also have group coaching sessions where we just get on a zoom call and talk through problems and issues that people are having so that confidence piece um, can be taken care of there as well because the questions that you have the things you aren't sure about the things you don't know you have this safe space where you can ask those questions
1: and get Mm -hmm. the that you need Right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So you're, so you have a book coming? (laughs) I do. Yes. How exciting. Tell us a little bit about your book.
0: So I am releasing a collection of essays. They are linked essays, but um, a collection of essays called find your way back. And yes, I am a Beyonce fan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the honestly it's a collection that I've been working on for years but I'd never completed it because I felt like it lacked focus I just couldn't focus it it was kind of all over the place Mm -hmm. and then cancer happened Mm -hmm. and cancer will get you focused real fast
1: (laughs) You know, that's so true. And I tell people all the time, like, you know, I really don't want you to go through cancer in order to get focused. I really would love it for you to get focused before all of that happens. But if cancer comes, it will, it will straight, make you uh, straighten up and fly, right? Yes, it will.
0: (laughs) So I suddenly had a focus. I had a common (laughs) thread for these essays. And so, yeah. Um, they're basically, um, how it's showing how I have written my way through everything, including cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be released early next year. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, I'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely get your links and everything down in the show notes so that people can, you know, keep up with that and yeah. uh and and knowing that happens. So when you say that it got you it helped get you through cancer how did it do that? I know for me what it did but how did it do for you?
0: So writing helped me get through cancer in so many ways. One was journaling. I did a mm-hmm. lot of journaling mm-hmm. um during my cancer treatment. And I did two different types of journaling. So sometimes I would just write about like what was going on that day, how I was feeling. I wrote a lot about like what foods I could and couldn't eat. <laughs> there were periods where like the only thing I could eat was applesauce and rice. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, my life. Um, but, but then something else that I started doing, and this was really, really pivotal. I started scripting. And for people who aren't familiar with scripting, it's basically a type of journaling where you write about the future that you want,
1: but Mm. it's
0: already true. And so I would do a lot of scripting about December of 2020. Mm -hmm. Because December of 2020, I knew that on December 2nd, I was going to be done with active treatment. Right. And so I would do the scripting about like, how I felt the end of December so you know and how you know I went through chemo but instead of chemo brain I had chemo creativity and all of these things happened and blah 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 blah. and so I would just write these very positive things about life after active treatment Mm -hmm. Um, but in that scripting also sent writing about how I was able to not only survive treatment, but thrive even while I was going through treatment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and, you know, it, and the thing about scripting is that it really doesn't matter if it comes true or not. It's about the scripting, just helping you get through the day. Right. But, um, but my scripting did come true. <laughs> so, um, so that was, awesome. I love it. Wow. Um, So yeah, that was definitely one way. I also did a lot of prayer journaling um, that helped as well. Then in addition to that, I wrote pieces that I shared with other folks, whether that Mm -hmm. was on my blog or long social media posts, or I also wrote some essays for some publications about my um, journey as well. And that was really empowering like it made me because you know how cancer makes you feel like you you have control over nothing right right,
1: right. so
0: when I was able to share my story in those spaces mm-hmm. it made me feel like I was getting a little bit of my power back
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah I I totally get that I love I love that scripting I I I when I was going through cancer, I journaled, but I journaled mostly about what I was feeling and what was going on and what I was doing and things like that. So, but I didn't know about scripting. And so I really kind of, I can really kind of love that idea. And I think that that's something that people can use no matter what, right? The, right the, absolutely, You can absolutely. just use it and you can go, where am I going to be in a year? Mm -hmm. And when you script, do you do it in the first person or do you do it in the third person?
0: I do it in first person.
1: First person. So So like, here I am.
0: Declarations
1: in a way, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So kind of like, here we Mm -hmm. are. It is uh, December of 2022. It's Mm -hmm. been a whole year. And from when I started, blah, blah, blah. And now I am here and this is what's happening in my reality right now, as I see it in the future. Yeah. I love it. I think I'm gonna have to try that. I'm gonna have to get another notebook. Like I don't have too many already. I just, <laughs> I'm just, i constantly, you know, I used to constantly write when I was younger as well. And when I was going through college and then when I went to Korea, I put, my journals and my albums in a box with a radio and I was naive and the box never arrived because of postal theft and it really devastated me and for a long time I didn't write a lot of things I just you know it just was I felt like a whole part of me had just been lost you know college pictures and all those things and then I slowly got back into it and now I'm feeling more, you know, I'm writing more. I'm I'm looking at doing booklets uh, for different de- aspects of equity, inclusion, social justice, you know, things like that. So I might have to look into your, you know, writing. See Jane right because. Yeah. <laughs> because- to Your community. Yes. And, and it's not, you know, I never think to myself that I don't have time because I know that it's me. I'm sometimes I'm just lazy. And sometimes I just don't want to use my brain. I don't want to think about things. And I realize that it is a byproduct of what I do as well. Uh, so I have to kind of push through that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I do think that we all have stories to share and i I always say that our stories are not our own they're not meant Mm -hmm. to be our own they're Mm -hmm. meant to be shared right and i don't know about what you think but i think that women have not had the opportunity for eons to share and so we need that feminine perspective
0: yeah absolutely absolutely
1: is there anything that we haven't touched upon that you would like to talk about now? Anything you want to share? Um, I think we hit everything. Yeah, all right, well, great. So before, before we close out, I want to ask you the signature question. I ask all my guests and it always, it always makes me hungry. <laughs> and that is, what is your favorite dish?
0: So anyone listening to this who knows me already knows the answer. (laughs) And I love tacos. Like I'm kind of obsessed with tacos. Really? (laughs) Yes. I did a TEDx talk in 2018 and I put tacos in my talk. (laughs) My talk was not about tacos. My talk was about the power of story, but I found a way to include tacos in my talk
1: i love it oh my goodness i love tacos so what is what is your favorite type like beans fish beef whatever so i used to love
0: i used to love beef tacos i don't eat red meat anymore since the cancer diagnosis so typically now i usually eat like fish tacos or shrimp tacos
1: okay um,
0: so but really i could I also like chicken tacos or black bean tacos, veggie tacos.
1: <laughs> I, just I like, just, just give me a taco. Just <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> give me a taco. Hard tacos or soft tacos? I can do either. I do. I love it.
0: <laughs> I can do
1: either. I just love
0: me some tacos. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Javasia, for being here on Diversity Dish. I've enjoyed our conversation.
0: Thank you. I've really enjoyed chatting
1: with you, too. Hey, did you enjoy that episode? If so, please leave a review. It would mean the world, but only if it's a good one and you really did enjoy it. In which case, it would be awesome if you helped support my work over at Patreon.com backslash Cedrola Maruska. And finally, before you go, don't forget diversitydish.com. I'd love to work with you. See you soon.